Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. Pastor Chuck Smith told a story about this, you know, wrestling with it one time in his study and finally in frustration, throwing his Bible across the room against the wall. And he said, God, I just, I cannot reconcile these two things. And he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart and said, that's okay. You don't have to reconcile them. You just have to believe them because both are true. I chose you and you chose me. Bible teaches both. It's a huge waste of time and energy to argue about it. Many argue whether we're chosen by Christ or whether Christ chooses us. Pastor Robert tells us today that both are true. Salvation is offered by Jesus for us to accept, and he offers it knowing already who will accept it. You have the opportunity to receive Jesus' salvation now. Receive it while it is available to you. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now, turn to chapter 1 of 1 Peter, and let's join Pastor Robert with today's message. You could say, certainly you could say the United States is Babylon. You could also say... New York, the city, you could say that in terms of the spirit of a center of false worship, a center of, you you could, in other words, there there are many places that you could say that about. Everybody kind of understand what I mean by that? And so we don't, we don't know for sure, but it makes sense if the timing that they place upon the letter is accurate. Again, those who research such things, I don't, but those who do say that it was written toward the end of his life somewhere 30 years or so after the death and resurrection of Jesus. History, tradition says Peter was crucified in Rome. So it makes sense if all this is accurate. He was in that general area when he wrote this letter. He was an old guy by now. And the letter was clearly intended as an exhortation to stand strong during hard times. He mentions suffering over and over and over again in this letter, and he encourages the recipients to represent the Lord Jesus well as they suffered. Chapter 4, verse 19, he says, Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. If you suffer according to the will of God, then just trust him, you know, just commit your soul to him in doing good. In other words, don't, in your suffering, as you're being persecuted, as you're going through hard times, don't take matters into your own hands and retaliate and start doing evil to those who are doing evil to you. He says, no, commit, commit yourself, you know, trust him, trust him with your life, trust him with your health, trust him with, with, with everything and, and do the right thing 
do good because he's trustworthy. He's a faithful creator. Now, with that little bit of background, let's dig into it. First Peter chapter one, verse one, Peter opens up. He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. Now we're going to stop right there. We're not going to begin to thoroughly dissect everything Peter says right there. You know, it's it's such a cool thing. Peter, often referred to as a simple, ignorant fisherman from Galilee. And there's more doctrine in that opening greeting right there than most Bible college professors today could explain to you. Certainly more than I can begin to open up in a 30-minute message. There's just, there's so much. But a couple of things stand out right in the beginning. First, the Bible refers to the believers as pilgrims. Pilgrims, people just traveling through, they're, they're out of place, and they're not at home, they're elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. That alone has been debated for the last 2,000 years. You know, it's one of those discussions that just seems to be never-ending. What does that mean? Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Even though the Bible tells us to avoid foolish disputes, Christians dispute over that very thing and spend hours and hours and hours and hours. And I listened to a radio program on Moody Radio this past week where that's all they were doing. You know, they were just back and forth, back and forth, two guys. And it was so funny because at one point, one of them thought his microphone was off. And he says, you have got to be kidding me. And the, the hostess, you know, the, on the, the radio DJ was like, well, you know, well, let's get, you know, clearly you're not in total agreement with that. And, and that's when he realized his microphone was on. He thought he was muted. And this guy was a friend of his that, the other guy that was disagreeing with him, you know, so he, he apologized to him first and said, you know, sorry, sorry about that. I, little outburst. I, I thought my mic was off. And then proceeded to explain why he completely disagreed. But it was all over this subject, you know. Are, are we chosen by God or did we choose God? Do we have the freedom to choose God or, or did God choose us and thereby eliminate our freedom to choose him? Do we choose God or does God choose us? I believe the answer is Yes. I love, Pastor Chuck Smith told a story about this, you know, wrestling with it one time in his study and finally in frustration, throwing his Bible across the room against the wall. And he said, God, I just, I cannot reconcile these two things. And he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart and said, that's okay. You don't have to reconcile them. You just have to believe them because both are true. I chose you and you chose me. Bible teaches both. It's a huge waste of time and energy to argue about it. Now, here's why I say that. Please don't misunderstand me. There are millions of people, millions of people who will die without Jesus Christ, be separated from God forever, and we're arguing over points of doctrine that we're not going, we're not going ever to resolve in this lifetime. It's not going to happen. I think Jesus addressed it to some extent. John chapter 6, verse 63. In John 6, 63, Jesus said, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were. 
who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I've said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered them, did I not choose you, the 12? And one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the 12. In other words, Jesus chose 12 men to be with him and follow him, but one of them still chose to reject him. Did I not choose you, the 12? And yet, one of you is a devil. One said no. Jesus knew from the beginning, Judas. But Judas had the same choice as the others. He could have chosen to trust Jesus instead of betraying. Even after betraying Jesus, Judas could have confessed his sin and received forgiveness. But instead, he continued in his sin, in his rejection of God's grace, and he committed suicide instead of humbling himself. Next thing I want you to see is that Peter says the believers were set apart from the rest of the world by the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. In verse 2, he says they were elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Dr. J. Vernon McGee explains this in his comments on 1 Peter chapter 1. He says, there's often a silence about the blood of Christ, even in fundamental circles. As long as the blood of our Lord coursed through his veins, it had no saving value for us. But when that precious blood was shed, Christ Jesus gave his life. The life of the flesh is in the blood. He shed that blood that you and I might have life. Remember that Peter is writing to Jews who had been brought up in Judaism. They were the diaspora, believing Jews living in Asia Minor. They knew the Old Testament and they understood that the high priest on the Day of Atonement took blood with him when he went into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God, in other words. And that he sprinkled the blood seven times on the mercy seat, which was, you know, the top of the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ has taken his own blood to the throne of God, the throne at which we are judged as guilty sinners. And he sprinkled his blood there. He gave his life and paid the penalty for us. Are you part of a local church community? It's important to have a faith-based community around you as you continue to seek all that God has for your life. With more on that, here's Pastor Robert. Thanks, Chris. You know, if you're looking for a way to get closer to Jesus and you're in the Miami area, we've got a plan. We started something a few years ago that we, talk, we call it Intensive Christian Training, ICT for short. It's three phases, begins with just uh, dinner together, um, in a group setting every Thursday night. You do that for about 10 or 11 weeks and just go through the basics. What is Christianity? But you're doing it around a meal with a group of people that you really connect with and, and get to know. So if that sounds like something you might be interested in and you're in our Miami-Dade area, reach out to us, mainthingradio.com. Thanks, Pastor Robert. For more information, visit mainthingradio.com. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for tuning in. 
Join us next time to continue studying God's Word right here on Main Thing Radio.